AI is eating the web as we speak. And what that means for business leaders is this. The time to embrace AI technology is now. Because for people like us, automation helps us do more with less while continuing to meet and exceed business expectations. It's basically magic. If you haven't tried HubSpot's new AI features, you should do that. Content Assist and ChatSpot are two brand new tools that will immediately save you and your team a whole bunch of time. HubSpot's features run on ChatGPT Tech to help you make compelling content and manage your CRM way faster than before. We're talking ad copy, data analytics, workflow automations. So work smarter, not harder, and head to hubspot.com forward slash artificial dash intelligence to learn more about using AI to streamline your marketing, sales, and customer service ops. Welcome to a brand new techish podcast. It's one half of your hosting duo, Abadesi of Hustle Crew, here, joined with Michael Bain of Pocket POCIT. Woo! I want to talk about how the internet and the attention economy is really messing with people's minds on a mm. level that I my brain's broken. I would say, my brain's broken too, but people are really <laughs> put, people are putting themselves in jail now for content, and I explain why. So what? Twenty seven years ago. Tupac Shakur. When I was, was born. Yeah, was trying to <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let that slide. I was like, oh yeah, that sounds about right. I was anyway, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, good segue. Yeah. No. So 27 years ago, Tupac Shakur was tragically murdered. We don't mean to laugh at Tupac's murder, obviously. No, of be, course. Yeah, side. Not, but so, yeah. <laughs> don't do this. So anyways, Tupac, his murder was a mystery for many, many years. I mean, the, the streets were always talking. There was always rumors about who did it. For example... But there was a lot of conspiracy theories. It was the government. It was the police. Suge Knight did it, even though Suge Knight was in the car with him while he was shot. And basically, the murder has essentially been solved because a lot of the people who were involved, the only dude who was still alive, Keefe D, has been going on a podcast tour talking about it. Wait, what? Yes, he went on a... So this individual, Keefe D, he was... um, So the situation how Tupac was murdered, it it happened in Las Vegas in 1996 at Mm. Tyson fight. Tupac came out of a Tyson fight. He saw a young guy who he and his, you know, affiliates had a problem with. They jumped him. That young guy went and got his uncle. They got in a car. They drove around. They found Tupac and they shot him. The guy's uncle is still alive. Yeah. The kid who shot Tupac is now dead. The uncle was forced to confess to the police around 10 years ago in what was called a proffer agreement. A proffer agreement is you have immunity on that day to say, to admit to all crimes that you've done as long as you help us with other cases, basically. So he had a, a one day only immunity. He okay. did not understand that. He believed that he had immunity full stop. He thought he had forever immunity and that they can never prosecute him on this crime. He then went on to release a book and then go on a podcast tour where he went into great detail about how he was involved in the murder of Tupac. So now, 27 years later, as a 60-year-old man, he is now being arrested and prosecuted for this crime. The reason why I say the attention economy has got the game messed up is that we have real gangsters and real killers now just talking and opening their mouths on podcasts because they want attention and lights and and attention currency. And now you're going to jail. Like what happened to the quote unquote street code? I just, it's a weird, weird world. I don't know what's going on. And it sort of reminds me of that whole, the clip of us that went viral recently where we're talking about how a lot of people did did these like day in the life uh, content where they're working as software engineers and Mm -hmm. they weren't doing a whole bunch of work. And now everyone's back in the offices because all the execs saw these videos and were like, gave the game away. You gave the game away. Can people stop messing up their situation Mm -hmm. for clout and content? Please. Like I'm begging you, like just think about it for a second. Do not give away the golden goose because you want a few shekels online. Like Mm. do this. 
What's your thoughts on this, Abba? Like, it's interesting actually because I feel that like it's so alluring and seductive to lean into the glow up energy and succeeding you're literally in in an unsustainable trap because life is ups and downs it's a roller coaster it's highs and lows and if your brand is like high 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 you're either constantly chasing a high or you're lying when things are on the low so i don't know like you know if people see my online profile like I, i've switched gears so much in the last year because i just don't even want to be that out there anymore like i'm happy to talk about my work i'm happy to talk about the roles that i play in the professional world less happy to talk about like personal stuff like when my dad passed away in 2021 i shared a little bit about that online and then afterwards i kind of regretted it i felt quite exposed i don't know so yeah mm -hmm. for me my own personal journey has been very much one of like, I love privacy now. Like I so admire those people where it's just like, Oh, so-and-so is like, I was reading about Kerry Washington because Kerry Washington's releasing her memoir, but she's quite private about her marriage and like her children and stuff like that in contrast to celebrities with her level of, of platform yeah. and fame. Yeah, yeah. And now more and more, I'm just very drawn to people who, don't share much about their personal lives um, or when they do do it in a very packaged and intentional way. Like she's been very private. Now she has a memoir. She shares it on her terms and she's going to get a book tour and make money out of it. I like that. But all this Instagram, this TikTok, that I don't know, like to what end? Like what's the overall net benefit? I just think if there isn't one, I actually think it's a net loss. I think at the end yeah. you end up feeling exposed and vulnerable with random people sliding into your DMs, demanding your time and attention, it's weird. I want to give my time and attention to real people and I want to spend less time in the virtual world and more time in the real world. That's how I'm feeling now. Yeah, you know what? It's interesting because I, I've been going on a podcast tour to promote our live show. Represent, go, represent. Go get, the, go, get, go get those tickets. And I got asked the question like, oh, what, what's something that you have never told anyone before? They asked me, like, what's something you've never said to anyone before? You're like, I, like, oh. I just farted on this couch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. And basically, I ended up speaking about something that I haven't even spoken about on this podcast, which is that, like, you know, a couple of years ago, I had a real bad bout of anxiety where I was suffering from like, mm. panic attacks and all that kind of shit, basically. And I, the reason why I decided to kind of unload at that moment, and I guess now, is because I just thought, like, I wish that when I was going through this, that somebody did kind of just say, like, you know, this can happen. To yeah. people like me because yeah. to be honest growing up i thought it was you were soft basically mm. this happened to you and that it didn't happen to people who were african black mm. this that man we just we just didn't we just did that wasn't for us that of wasn't course. us yeah we keep it moving you know what i'm saying they say this is this this is for the week i'm mm -hmm. gonna be blunt and say the most problematic things and thoughts that came to my mind when this shit used to i used to see this shit growing up so when it happened to me i was like man like i wish I'm like, I, I felt a bit more normal going through this. So I decided to unload. And then when I did that, some of the other hosts were like, happened to me as well. Wow. Same thing. And I was wow. like, this is a shame that like, yeah. once I unload, then everyone feels the safe space to unload. Right. And mm. a lot of the comments, cause they have a quite a sizable YouTube following yeah. was just like, listen, this is so wholesome. I really appreciate black men going in there talking about their mental health or whatever, whatever, but don't get it twisted. Like you said, nothing comes without mm. a downside. I haven't experienced the downside yet. It's only been a week since I kind of went public with that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I can imagine it might be. Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? Right? Yeah. Um, but what I will say, just like being vulnerable and going public is different, I think, to when you are just doing it for clout. When you're mm. just doing it for attention and actually it jeopardizes your 
ultimate goal, which is A, your yes. freedom, B, your finances, C, yes. whatever, whatever. And you're substituting that for attention, get the hell out of here. That's that's nonsense. I want to ask you. Exactly. I want to ask you something. Do you, do you know who Tube Girl is? No. So Tube Girl um, was a young girl on TikTok who went super duper viral where she takes these like really, really quick selfie videos on the tube where she'll have the phone up and mm. then she'll do that. She'll do that. She'll do this. She'll, she'll have the phone all around it, and the effect is really, really good basically. And she'll do it in public and people are really enamored with her. They call her tube girl. She goes super viral because she's willing to basically embarrass herself in public mm. and not give a fuck about what people think about it on the tube. Basically mm. the tube is the underground. Basically. Like she's not self-conscious. Yeah. She's not self-conscious at all. Mm. And she's gone mega viral. She's, she's, she's up there now. She's probably got like a million followers. But it made me think of a, of a tweet that I saw a few years ago about the metaverse, which mm. is basically that the metaverse is not going to be this VR headset space. It's going to be when the online world matters more to you than the offline world. Yeah. Um, and, we're, and we're almost there. When the offline, when the online world. Some people your, are there. Some people are there, but when everyone is there, when the online mm. world is your primary source yeah. of income, validation, validation, status symbol, yeah. every single human desire and need is provided to you more so on the online mm. world than it is on the offline world. Yeah. That's when we are in quote unquote, the metaverse. And I think we're, we're basically slow motioning our way there. What's your thoughts on that? Like, do you think that's a, a good concept of what quote unquote, the metaverse is, or do you think yeah. it's a reach? Well, here's my issue. Like if I think of like the times in my life where I've really struggled to feel in control where I've struggled to feel content, where I've struggled to feel fulfilled. And these are themes that I've explored, like with professional help, I've had the privilege of therapy, coaching, all these kinds of things. It's always come back to something where I was trying to validate that decision or that act externally. I was trying to get some approval from my father, my mother, my sibling, Michael. my boss, Michael, <laughs> <laughs> my a, customers, my you. team. Worry. I approve of you. you have approval. <laughs> and it's like when I think of all of the spiritual enlightenment that I've gained through studying the Bible, through meditating, whatever it might be, all roads lead to internal validation, right? Mm. All roads lead to you will find peace when you can validate yourself internally, there is no external measure that makes you feel safe. Okay, fine, perfect. It's all you. And so my problem with social media is social media is designed around external validation, right? The way that the products are designed. I'm talking about TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. There is no social media platform, right? You can read books like Hooked near AL and like, you know, we'll find out more about it. These platforms are designed to be addictive and they're designed to make you addicted to external validation. You want the likes, you want the shares, you, you want the comments, you want to reply to the comments. And this is the thing. If I am on a quest to be fully internally validated if i'm on a quest to fully live life on my terms how can social media help me get there you love listening to podcasts but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast maybe you want to build a brand grow your business or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby whatever your reason for making a podcast buzzsprout is the place to start since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step -step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. Mm. It, it can't. can't. It can't. And like you said, we've got the smartest minds of a generation 
mm. who are working overtime to figure out how to hook you to these products. And the greatest way to hook you is to tap into your insecurity. The greatest way to hook you is to tap into what we all feel, feel deep down, which is maybe I'm not enough. And like, I need likes, I need mm-hmm. attention. Like me, please. Like exactly. God help the children who are raised on this. I'm, I never had a, this is going to sound wild. I'm going to sound like an old fogey. I never had a phone until I was mm. 17 years old. Mm. I never had a, a mobile fucking phone until I was 17 years old, well, let alone yeah. a smartphone. So if yeah. you had a smartphone from 12 years old, yeah. God help you. I'm yeah. honest, I don't, I don't know what to do for you right now because mm. your whole life has been like me. Please like me. Yeah. And I feel we've, we've just run the greatest experiment on young minds that we've ever run. And, and who knows what the future is going to hold. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. We didn't design these tools, right? They've been designed for us to become addicted to them. And this is the thing. And don't get me wrong. Yes, I'm not saying that good things can't come from social media. You see me on social media, like people could be listening. Like I see her on the Instagram. I see, yes, of course, I'm still on these platforms. Good things happen from these platforms. But what I'm saying is I, I see it as almost like a drug right? I can have a little bit in small doses, but I have to be in control. I can't let it get too far out of control because once it does, it starts to have a negative impact on my mental health. And that's just facts. That's just reality. These are apps that I do have to delete off my phone from time to time. These are apps that I do have. I have to put my phone away at night. I can't keep my phone in my room. That's how I manage my relationship with it. But I've just accepted the fact that the more of my personal life I share, the more that I feel I need some kind of external approval for the decisions I make in my personal life. I don't need other people to approve or disapprove or question any of the decisions I make in my personal life. So why am I sharing them? I share photos with friends via DMs now or you know, email or whatever. And what the public knows of me is what I choose for the public to know of me. Um, and I recognize that's a privilege. Some people are still on the grind trying to get to where they are, but for the place I am now in my life, for the platform I have in my life, these are the choices I make. And it's like, it's a double-edged sword in the sense that the people producing the content are going to be driven to insecurity for wanting affirmation and validation. And the people who are consuming the content who don't post, who just consume, are going to be feeling like my life doesn't match up to this idealized version that this Mm. person is presenting to me. So either way, you're, you're messed up on both ways, basically, whether you're someone who just idly consumes or whether you're somebody who constantly puts out content, maybe people like me and you. But yeah, you know what? On a separate tangent, speaking of social media, so I was on Twitter or X, mm. and another a clip has resurfaced of a conversation between Jay Z and Kevin Hart. It went viral a while ago, but essentially Jay Z was opining about how when you have become the quote unquote successful person in your family, you grow every year, you develop every year, and oftentimes you go back to your family and you're talking to people who basically are. Uh, might be having the same mindset they had when they were 16 yeah and you go home looking for solace you want your family to basically just love you for who you are yeah and then you've got your cousin saying yo man like can you give me four thousand dollars i gotta i gotta <laughs> I, I gotta flip that's gonna work. capitalism baby gonna, i got i got if you give me four thousand dollars i can turn this into two mil and then jay-z saying listen you gotta explain to your cousin that's not how the world works you mm. know what? if it's too good to be true it's whatever whatever mm. now to me the clip was incredibly mundane nothing that was said was controversial yeah. But I think because we live in such a world where there's income inequality, mm. where, you know, it's a cost of living crisis, yeah. rich people discussing rich people's problems. Yeah. People are going to hate it. They're just, Jay-Z's Go watch something rich. else then. <laughs> Go watch something else. I'm sorry. Change the channel. You don't see me out here hating on Love Island. Like, I just don't watch it. But you know what? People hate Jay-Z now because of the NFL Why? deal. Because of the NFL deal. They, 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 he was ne- I mean, we, we live in an eat the rich era. Full stop. Mm. So, okay, I respect that, right? But, but it's so like- fake because as soon as people are rich, then they're just going to like 
Bye bye. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna live their best life as soon as they are rich. And then two, they love the fact that the NFL on the Super Bowl, they've got Usher lined up now. They've had Rihanna, mm. they've had this and it's all because Jay Z has managed to get you know, these artists to agree yeah. to come on the thing. So you love the spoils of Jay-Z's work, but you hate the fact that he's working with this organization. <laughs> Make your mind up. If you are genuinely principled and you don't like the fact that Jay-Z's working <gasps> with the NFL, okay, don't watch the Super Bowl. Do not tweet about Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Kendrick Lamar at the Super yeah. Bowl. I don't want to hear it. Like, I respect the person who's like, I'm, I don't fuck with this. I'm not uh, consuming this content. Well, I don't respect are you tap dancing on Twitter for the same things that you claim that you hate. But anyways, on the podcast that I was on yesterday as part of my tour, we talked about this specific incident and I think the problem is, is that like this conversation used to be in a rich person's membership club. You would have these sort of conversations. Right. Room, yes. Talking to your other rich That's mom. true. That's true. Or over so, dinner or something. Dinner, yes. Yes. We were never privy to rich people's problems like this, but now everything <laughs> is content. Everything yeah. has to be content. Kevin Hart mm. has to produce content, talking to his rich buddies about how terrible it is, how your broke family yeah. members want money from you, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. That shouldn't be for the internet. And I think that is the problem. Greed. Greed. Is it greed? Because like at the you end know, of the day, like, do you need to do a, a podcast to your rich friends that everyone can access? Just send them a freaking voice note. I don't care. Like exactly. And Kevin, closed community, money, closed community. Yep. You don't need to be monetizing the conversation you have with Jay Z just because you can. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. That literally right. needs to be the motto of the 2020s, and especially in the age of the internet, especially in the age of content creation. Just because you can doesn't mean you should and in fact 99 percent of the times you shouldn't yeah you, you just shouldn't so I, so I feel like that motto should have been <sighs> reverberating around the lululemon headquarters a couple of years ago when they decided to buy a startup called mirror i was for that million dollars <laughs> i was for that no no lie i was for that acquisition you know i was listen back i wanted one of those things <laughs> so okay we're gonna have to put this down in the long list of abilities predictions it worked out <laughs> like I can't even remember the other ones. What was the, I'm what was good for some clubhouse. clubhouse. Clubhouse is a great investment. I don't know. I can't remember the other ones, but there's been a few that have been, you know, they've been, a, they've been a few Whatever, stinkers. Man. But anyways, so anyways, Lululemon has shut down Mirror. They haven't even sold it on. They just said, we're going to put that down as a oh. write-off. It's a $500 million investment that's gone to zero. Mirror was a home workout device. It looked like a mirror that you would have in your home and then it would have superimposed on it workouts that you could do mm -hmm. so i definitely believe that is the future of some yeah. somebody will develop a product like and there that. are competitors there's a german-based company doing the same thing yes but obviously during lockdown during covid everyone believed that's it we're never going back out of our houses <laughs> here's it's the new normal everyone's working out from home yeah everyone is working from home everyone is like take ordering takeaway and eating from home constantly bye-bye gyms bye-bye work offices bye-bye restaurants basically um Obviously, that hypothesis proved to be completely wrong. And Lululemon, a company who is not a tech company, you make very expensive, you know, overpriced yoga clothing, yeah? Mm. You got caught in the hype, and now you've lost 500 mil. And they are, now they are partnering with Peloton to help provide the content. They say, listen, we can't do this in-house. We're going to have to partner with another kind of struggling company here, Peloton, and they can provide us with content and subscription revenue going forward. Yeah. Why is it that CEOs are so silly? Like, what, what's going on here? What, what, what's your thoughts about this? <laughs> you're a CEO. You're silly. <laughs> no, do you know what it is? None of us can predict the future. And anyone that pretends they can is lying to you. That, mm. And that's it. So the reality is we make decisions in the present moment that make sense based on trends that we're observing in the present moment. I studied economics, right? Is economics an art, a science, 
bullshit. Who knows? Yeah, Where yeah, the jury's yeah. still out. The jury's still out. Um, but <laughs> especially with everything happening with inflation now. But anyway, back to the question you asked me: Why do CEOs make silly decisions? All you can do is make the smartest decision with the information you have available at the time. And they are not the only company that thought people were going to be staying at home. They're not the only company that thought that. Look at the rise and fall of so many other streaming companies. Even Peloton had to do layoffs. There was a time yep. when everyone thought Peloton was going to, you know, take over. Streaming companies are scrambling and struggling. There was a time when everyone thought like, oh, Shopify I'm never going well. to the movies. I'm never doing this. So, you know, things just change. You know, we couldn't have predicted... Um, what would have happened after we couldn't have predicted the fact that people would be desperate to go out. We also couldn't have predicted the fact that at the end of the day, group accountability is what helps us actually get off the couch and work out. And people need a class to do that or a trainer to do that. And a digital product can't replace it. I think we also can't predict the speed with which technology will advance. A lot of these technological advances in tech were about using AI to track movements. It's not quite there yet. Like the sensors, the prediction, it can't detect dark skin this that and the other like you know it was supposed to be that as you were working out it would correct you it would do this it would do that the tech's not there yet so the, the premise didn't live up uh to the expectation put out in consumers mind and with that price tag like i told you i was thinking of investing in one of these things and it's like it's a multi-thousand dollar investment, investment. so you're giving up years of a gym subscription to justify that price and it's like can you really say that this is going to be as good the next X years of gym, spin, Pilates, bar, no. So I don't know. I don't think CEOs make silly decisions. I think CEOs like all of us are are operating at a point in time with a number of different variables and constraints. And hey, we're just doing our best out here. We're just doing our best <laughs> out here. So we got an announcement to make. For the first time in a very long time, long there will time. be a techish live show. Live show, live in the show. house. It will be in London. If you're listening in the states, one day we will we will be in the US. But for now, this one's in London, October 25th. Yes. The link to get your tickets will be in the show notes. They probably will go out fast, so grab them while you can. Yes. And it will be techish, but in person. We may have some special guests. Special guests. And Watch this space. Yeah, it's your chance to mingle and jam with other your listeners, favorite hosts. the community, and of course, yours truly. Yep, yep, yep. Link in the show. Let's go get that. One quick story that I think is quite humorous. The CEO of Shopify has come out and said that he's concerned about the number of his employees who have side hustles, basically. And I said, we the Shopify, is there a, a tree in his eye? What the? Come on he's, now. He's come out and said, like, we want you to have side hustles so you can understand like how Shopify works and, and how to sell on Shopify so you can greatly relate to our customers basically but what we don't want you to do is basically have a fully fledged side business hustle right kiss my teeth to be honest like if you think about it what's different from saying that than saying we don't want you to have children yeah this is ridiculous because children are much more of an intense (laughs) like yeah time suck than running a business i promise you that that's a 24 7 365 project mm. uh, i hate to be like so callous and describe children in these ways but i'm being honest in terms of time and investment and energy yeah. so can a ceo say we don't want you you know you know uh having kids we don't want you you know taking on this hobby or learning to swim or whatever it may be like how can you control people's time like 
Like, it's insane to me. What's your thoughts on this one? I just think you can't tell people to not benefit from the system you're benefiting from. Like, as my friend Dylan always says, capitalism always wins. Side hustles exist because people are trying to win in the game of capitalism, and capitalism wants people to tr- go out and try. So you can't, as someone that's building a startup and making tons of money, tell people shame on you for trying to make extra money outside your job. That's just nonsense. At the end of the day, you can own their 9 to 5, but you don't own their 5 to 9. So, yeah, that to me is yeah. just like step down man step down and also i think you need to basically be paying people in a way where they don't need it so if you're paying somebody you know not great don't expect them to not have a side hustle but if you're paying them 500 grand a year okay i can understand why you're like bro we owe you uh that's been this week's techish hit us up at techish pod yes you can find abba's and my and my work uh all in the show notes and get your tickets to the live show we want to see you there see you there bye 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 bye. and six thousand